Luke chapter 4 and verse 30. The Bible says, But he passing through the midst of them went his way. Now you'll have to read the previous text to know exactly what that meant. They were trying, they were going to pick Jesus up and throw him off a cliff is what they were going to do. And, uh, but it's amazing how <laughs> Jesus passed through the mid, right through the middle of them and they didn't even see him. How about that? And uh, I'm not going to preach that, but uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of significance in that actually. And I might make mention of it at the end of the message, but possibly, probably not. Maybe another day for another time. But that's what he's going. And he went his way. And here, here's where, he was in Nazareth, his hometown. Nothing like him people you grew up with, right? <laughs> They're trying to kill him. But the Bible says in verse 31, And he came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine for his word was with power. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this! For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits that they come out, and the fame of him went out into every place of the country round about. Now when I read that text, I think one of the first uh, observations that I made was that this is an extremely, an extremely unusual church service. What, I mean, have you ever been in a weird church service? I have been in some weird services. Some of y'all have been in weird services with me. And I'm not going to bring a lot of them up, but I will say that one of them involved puppets. How many of y'all were with me that night when I was preaching? And they brought out the puppets. That was very unusual. I would say that that was an unusual service. I've been in some other ones. I've been in some where you leave thinking, well, I don't know if that was God or if it wasn't, but that was something. It was something all right. Been in some meetings. I was in a service one time when a man got so happy he grabbed one of there was a, some trees on the plants, you know, and it might or might not have been at, somewhere in Resaca, Georgia, Faith Baptist Camp. They get a little crazy around there. That's where I grew up around. It explains a lot. And the guy grabbed a plant and stuck it on his head like that, and he ran around the building. And it's not a little building. It's a big old building. And uh, I've seen some unusual things in church. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. Uh, first of all, I think it was unusual just because who's preaching? Jesus is preaching. Now, isn't that amazing? How would it be to hear the Lord Jesus Christ preach? I don't think he'd be some kind of Joel Osteen something. They keep mentioning his power. They keep mentioning his authority. Uh, they, they mention all these things when they describe uh, his preaching, the way that he did it. It was unusual. What an amazing service that would be. 
to hear the Word of God taught by the Word of God. (laughs) Wouldn't that be an amazing thing? And so Jesus is preaching. Of course, what I'm really thinking about, what made this service unusual, is that while Jesus is preaching, while He's in the middle of of His message and His teaching, the Bible says in verse number 33 that there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice. So right in the middle of the preaching, there's a man who interrupts Jesus while he's preaching. But it's not saying amen. It's not saying I have a testimony. But he cries with a loud voice. Now, I'm not sure what this voice is. We've seen too much Hollywood and too much stuff like that. It just messes us all up. I'm sorry for that. I messed up. You're messed up. I'm not sure what all it sounded like. But I don't think it sounded holy. And I don't think it sounded godly. I think it sounded scary. When that man, I'm going to be honest. If somebody jumps up in the service and starts saying, Leave me alone! Like that. You know what? I'll probably do it. I probably will leave them alone. I'm going to be honest. I may, uh, I may jump out that door right there. Amen. <laughs> or that door right there. I don't mind. I, don't like, I think going out that door is scary, but I don't mind going out it. I, uh, and so uh, I can't imagine what that would be like to have an interruption in a service like that. And then Jesus, he's not scared, obviously, and th- thank God for that. Uh, he has authority and he has power and he rebukes that unclean spirit right in the middle. He said, hold thy peace and come out of him. He said, pretty much, he said, shut up and go away. That's what Jesus told the unclean spirit. And the unclean spirit then takes that man. This is getting very unusual here. Takes that man. Mark says that he had torn him. Luke says that he threw him. Either way, there's some kind of a... uh, And it's both the same thing. It's speaking of some kind of convulsions that this man is having. He is uh, uh, under demonic possession. And and, and he is being... And these convulsions throw him out. The Bible says in the midst of everybody. He's in the middle of the congregation... This demon has threw him out in the middle of everybody and then it came out of him. demon threw him in front of everybody and then comes out of him. That's an unusual service. Now, I don't know how I would respond. I'm not sure how you would respond, but I think it would be pretty similar to how these people responded. In verse 36 it says, And they were all amazed. (laughs) That would be one of the things I would be feeling. They spake among themselves, what a word is this? Your Bible got an exclamation mark right there. What a word is this? For with authority and power, He commanded the unclean spirits and they come out. Wow. I can imagine if that was all caught on live stream, don't you think that would go viral tomorrow? That would be all over YouTube and all over social media. Wow, what a service. But here's what arrested my attention about this service. It was the fact that there was a man who was controlled by Satan. There was a man who was controlled by the devil, by a devil, an unclean spirit. And he is under the control of this unclean spirit, but yet we find him sitting in church. Isn't that amazing to you? 
I'm going to be honest, that's not where I would really think that if a man was possessed with a devil, if a man was under the control of Satan, what's he doing at church? And you understand I'm using that word loosely. Is that all right? Well, you'll give me a little, little leeway there. I know this is synagogue. This, isn't, this, is, this is before Pentecost and the New Testament church and all that. But it's a place where the Word of God is taught and Jehovah God is recognized as the only true and living God, and He's supposed to be worshipped. Now, I understand the synagogues were in a mess by the time Jesus comes on the scene, and He has to, do a lot of, has to do a lot of teaching and a lot of reproving and cleansing the temple and all these things going on in the temple, and then these, uh, these uh, other synagogues that were, uh, that, were, that were around satellite campuses, if you will, where people come and they heard the, the Old Testament read, the, the law of Moses, and then it was explained, it was taught. And that's, that's kind of what, like what church is for. It's a place where the Word of God is... Pre- it's amazing to me how the devil... Don't you think the devil would have this man in a bar somewhere? Don't you think this man, the, God, the, the, the devil would have this man uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, robbing somebody or hurting somebody or, or committing a sin somewhere? But the man is sitting in church. In fact, it looks like he blends in. It looks like uh, to me that nobody is really suspecting him of anything. He's sitting there and he's quiet and he's behaving himself until this event happens. And I I don't know, I would think that church would be the last place where the devil would want to be. And this man is under the control of a devil and the devil brought him to church. I want to preach on that for a minute. I want to preach on when the devil brings you to church. When the devil brings you to church. I can understand the demon-possessed man in the tombs. That makes sense. I can understand the demon-possessed boy jumping in out of the fire. That makes sense. I don't understand the demon-possessed man sitting in church. But there he is. But there he is. When we think of Satan... And we think about his demons, his devils, his minions being present and active. We, we see them in the, in the overtly wicked things. We see him in the obviously wicked ceremonies of this world. I've seen pictures passed around social media the last couple of weeks of, of, uh, of the Grammys and all the things that were going on there. And no doubt that's demonic and no doubt that is devilish and no doubt all those things. But I'm going to be honest, I don't think the devil was in a million miles of that place. There's some demons there. Ain't got to. Every time you find the devil in the Word of God, he's hanging around the people of God. When you find Satan in the Bible, the first time you find him in the Bible, he's hanging around Adam and Eve. You find him again in Genesis 6. I don't know what you believe about all that, but I'll just, I'll just tell you, I think the devil, what's he doing? He's messing with the people of God in Genesis 6. You go through the Word of God, and you see he's always provoking David, and he, he's tempting this one, and, he, and he's all it's the devil, it's always, he's always hanging around with people of God. And even in Job's, the book of Job, when and God asks him, What you been doing? He's walking around the earth. And he's presenting himself with who? With the people of God, the sons of God. There he is. He's always around the people of God. And while that stuff at the Grammys and all that stuff, say, man, we look at the Grammys and say, man, that's the devil. That's wicked. And no doubt, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just telling you, I'm not so much worried about the Grammys as I am the grannies in church. 
that are letting the devil work in their life. Amen. Sometimes the devil will bring you to church. I hope you got all your shouting and stuff out before this message. We were trying to have a good service, all right? But if the devil can bring somebody to church and have them sit amongst the people of God, there's a lot more damage he can do. See, the devil's sneaky. He's subtle. I'll tell you, because, and here's the reason why. Because it's harder a lot of times. It's harder and more difficult to get right with God off a church pew than it is a bar stool. The man on the bar stool knows he's in a mess. The man on the bar stool, he knows he's messed up. The man on the bar stool, he knows he ain't in the right place doing the right things. But the hypocrite on the church pew thinks he's all right because he's in church. She thinks she's okay because she come to church on Sunday morning. And if the devil can keep you from getting right, keep you from getting saved by having you come and sit down in church, then he would much rather do that than have you anywhere in the world. He don't care anywhere you are, where you are. He just don't want you to be right with God. He don't want you to be in tune with the Lord. He don't want you to get saved. He don't want you, whatever needs to be done in your life. And just because, and here's what I want you to get this morning. If you don't get anything else, get this. Just because you're at church, that does not mean you're okay. I'm, I'm glad you're here. I'm thankful for everybody that's here. I'm, I'm, thank, I'm, I'm thankful. I don't want nobody to leave. I don't want nobody not to be here. I think everybody ought to be in church. But let me tell you something. A lot of times we can use our church attendance as a, as a justification, as a rationalization, as an excuse. We can use it as a shield, as almost an inoculation against the conviction of the Holy Ghost. And we'll say, Lord, I'm fine. Look where I'm at. I could be out here. I could be out there. But look where I'm at. And I'm here to tell you, just because you're sitting on a church pew, that does not mean you're all right with God. Let me give you a few observations about somebody who let the devil bring them to church. First of all, I want to say this, that those that the devil bring to church, you can find out this, that number one, they're uncomfortable with the spiritual. They're uncomfortable with the spiritual. It seems like this man might have been, I'm not sure, we, I, don't want to, I don't want to bring out of the text things that aren't there, but it just seems like to me that uh, this man might have been a, a regular attender of the synagogue. It doesn't seem like he was sticking out in any way until this event happened in our text. It doesn't look like he was showing any outward signs of possession or anything like that. He probably was a familiar face in the synagogue. He never acted this way before. I don't think they would have allowed him to come in. I don't think they would have even allowed him to be in the midst of their congregation. If he had been acting funny or weird or, or things like that, it was all hidden. It was all concealed. And he never, he come in to church time after time after time and he sat there and he listened to the Word of God being taught and he ta heard the conversations about God and it never bothered him ever, ever one time until this one day. What changed? I'll tell you what changed. Jesus showed up that one day. 
Jesus was here. That's the only thing that's different. That's the only thing that's different. What caused this man to flip his lid? And what caused this man to be exposed for who he really was? I'll tell you what it was. It was when Jesus showed up. When Jesus showed up, he couldn't hide who he really was. When Jesus showed up, it could not be concealed any longer. When Jesus showed up, in fact, I believe that is the emphasis. That is really the, 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 the main lesson of our text here is that Jesus was different than everything else that had been going on in that synagogue. Yes, they had men get up. Yes, they opened up the Word of God. Yes, they read the Old Testament. Yes, it was done, but it was dry and it was dead and it was formal and there was no life in it and there was nothing going on, but there was something different when Jesus showed up to church that day and when He pulled out the Word of God, when He pulled out the Old Testament and He began to read and He began to teach, it was different than when anybody else had done the same thing. In fact, Mark's, Mark's uh, uh, account of this same story, he said this, they were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one that had authority, listen, and not as the scribes. The lesson, the emphasis is on that Jesus was not like any of the other teachers that had before. Jesus was not like any other stuff they had before. And can I tell you what I'm sick of? I'm sick of dry church. I'm sick of dead church. I'm sick of dull church. I'm sick of formal church. Listen, we don't need to see what man can do. I tell you what we need in this church and what we need in our homes and what we need in our hearts. We need Jesus to show up. Because can I tell you, when Jesus shows up, things change. Things are different when Jesus shows up. Man, I don't want Jesus on the outside of our church knocking, trying to get in. I want Him front and center. Man, I hope while we're preaching this morning, I hope it's Jesus talking to us. I hope when we're singing this morning, I hope it's Jesus uh, singing to us and blessing our hearts today. Man, I want it to be Jesus. I want Him to show up and be welcome in this place. You know why? Because things change. I don't want our church to be the kind of church where a devil can sit in here and be comfortable. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. But I don't want everybody to be comfortable. The moment we start having a church where everybody's comfortable, they can live in sin and be comfortable. They can be lost and be comfortable. Listen, they can have a rebellious attitude and be comfortable. Listen, I'm thankful when people look uncomfortable. Amen. It lets me know, hey, maybe Jesus is doing something around here. Because there ain't nothing about me to make you uncomfortable. I mean, not spiritually speaking. All right. Might make you uncomfortable in other ways. I don't know, but but spiritually speaking, only Jesus is the one that can prick our hearts, reveal our condition. He stirs up, man. When Jesus shows up, man, doesn't it stir up some things? And that's what we want, ain't it? Some churches are content. Some people are content just to leave things that don't stir the pot, don't do anything, just to leave everything. No, Jesus, I want Jesus to come here and stir it all up. That's what we need. Some will get mad, but hey, some will get right. Amen. That's fine. Hey, some will like it. Some won't. That's okay. That's okay. Some will get help. Some will get saved. And some will have their heart hard. That's fine. I just want Jesus doing the work. I want Jesus stirring us up. How do you know? I'm glad you're at church today. I'm glad you're here. But how do you know if the devil's brought you here today? I'll tell you how you know if the devil's brought you here. It's when Jesus shows up, you start getting real uncomfortable. You start getting real nervous. Amen. Put my glasses on so I can see. Never mind.
Are you nervous in here today? When's the last time you've been at church and you got nervous? I'm glad you're here. But if you're uncomfortable when it gets spiritual, when you're uncomfortable... See, most people, they're fine with church as long as they're... You know, that's why most of, these, most of these churches today, these modern churches, they want to talk to people about how to lose weight and how to, how to you know, make a budget and all this stuff, how to be a better you and, you know, every day's a Friday and, you know, all this kind of stuff. You know why? Because that stuff don't make people uncomfortable. But when Jesus shows up, he's going to make things real uncomfortable for people that the devil brought to church. Amen. They're uncomfortable with the spiritual. How else can you figure out who the devil brought to church? I'll tell you, I'll give you another one. They're unconformable to the Scriptures. They're unconformable to the Scriptures. I want you to notice what this devil said. He had something to say to Jesus and his teaching, and he said it with a loud voice, verse 34, saying, Let us alone. You know what the demon was saying? You know what that devil was saying? Leave me alone. Let me do what I want to do. Let me live the way I want to live. Let me stay the way that I am. I don't want to change. I, don't, I do not want to submit myself to the Scriptures that are being read and the Scripture that is being taught. I want to live the way that I want to live and I want you to leave me alone. And if that is not the cry of the modern church today, preacher, leave me alone. Let, listen, they tell the word, leave me alone. Don't you say a word about how I'm living. Don't you say a word about how I'm acting. I want you to leave me alone. And I want you to know that is satanic, that is demonic, that is a rebellious spirit. Listen, when you say, leave me alone, most people don't want the preacher telling them what to do and how to live. They don't want the Word of God telling them what to do and how to live. You know why? Because the devil brought them to church. They didn't come to change. They come to stay exactly the same. That demon, when he brought that man to church, you know, I'll tell you, those devils, they're not omniscient. They don't know everything. I think if that devil knew Jesus was in that service, he wouldn't have been there. But when Jesus opened his mouth and started, that devil said, I know who that is. Man, that sounds familiar. Never a man spake like that man. I know exactly who that is. And when, that, when, that, when Jesus started preaching, that devil started realizing, man, this guy is trying to change some situations right in here. And that is not going to happen. And he cries out and he says, leave me alone. I don't want to have anything to do with you. What have I to do with thee? You do your thing, and I'll do mine. That's how most people come to church. Preacher, preach your little message. Make everybody feel good. Preacher, you get up there and do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. Leave me alone. Come on now. I'll tell you, if you come to church like that today, I know who brought you. I know who brought you today. Y'all didn't know the devil brings people to church, did you? How about that? It's friend day for him every Sunday. Every Sunday's bring a friend Sunday for the devil. He don't mind you going to church. That don't make him... People going to church has never made him nervous one bit. He does some of his best work at church. Amen. That's never made him nervous. I'll tell you what does make him nervous. Changing. 
submitting, surrendering, getting right with God, getting saved. That is what he does not like. And so if you come today and you what, I'm not, I don't care what that preacher preaches, I don't care what he says, I don't care what they do, I ain't moving, I ain't saying, I just want them to leave me alone. I'll tell you who brought you, the devil brought you to church today. Amen. That's demonic faith. A demonic faith that recognizes who Jesus is. He said, I know who you are. You see that? I know who they are. You're the Holy One of God. Those devils, they never had any problem. All through Jesus' men, they never had any problem recognizing who He was. They knew who He was. They just weren't going to submit to who He was. See, the devil don't mind you knowing who Jesus is as long as you don't submit to who He is. That's the difference. You can, you can be lost and on your way to hell and split hell wide open knowing who Jesus is. The devil, and that's, that's what James said, right? The devils, they, they believe, they tremble, all that stuff. That's exactly what he said. There's a faith that is demonic, and there's a faith that is dynamic, and they are not the same. There's a demonic faith that acknowledges who Jesus is. Say, I know who you are, just leave me alone. I know who you are, I'm just not going to submit to who you are. I know who you are, you're just not going to be the Lord of my life. And then there's the kind of faith that says, Lord, I know who you are, and you're everything to me. I know who you are, and Lord, I want you more than I want gold, more than I want silver. I love you more than I love this world. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to submit to you. That's a different kind of faith altogether. The devil don't mind you having the first kind, because that's what kind he has. He sure don't want that second kind. Leave me alone. I love this. <laughs> the devil, he's operating under this, this devil inside of him, was operating under the assumption that submission to the Word of God, this is, this is so interesting right here. No, notice what he said. He said, Aren't thou come to destroy us? I want you to notice something right here. Look at your Bible. Art thou come to destroy, what is that next word? Us. There's an us. But I want you to note, this man, was on, this man only had one devil inside of him. He didn't have two. Now, there were some that had multiple ones, but that's not what it says. If you go back to verse 33, in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil. That's all he had, a spirit of an unclean devil. When he said, art thou come to destroy us? Who, who, was, uh, who was that devil talking about? Talking about him and the man that he had brought to church that day. Are you come to destroy us? This devil, no doubt, believed this, and this devil wanted the man to believe this as well, that he was controlling. That submission to the Word of God would kill him. The devil wanted this man to believe and wanted to think that that Jesus right there, that's up there, he's our enemy. He's going to hurt us. He's going to kill us. He's here to hurt you. By the way, that's what the devil always says about Jesus. He's here to hurt you. He's going to make your life miserable. If, listen, if you surrender to him, if you submit to him, he's going to destroy us. But can I tell you something? Listen, Jesus ain't interested in destroying you. He's interested in, in hurting the devil, not you. That's not what the devil wants you to think. 
And by the way, what's amazing is this. In verse number 35, when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him. And get, look what that last part says. And what? Hurt him not. Now that, that devil got a suplex or whatever. But that man, was even after that... De- you know who hurt that man more than anybody? It wasn't Jesus. That devil's the one that hurt him. You see how sly the devil is? You see how crafty he is? He wants you to think, he's the one that's going to hurt you. He's the one that wants to destroy you. When all the while, he's the one that's hurting you. And he's the one that's destroying you. When Jesus got a hold of this man, he helped him, not hurt him. When Jesus cast the devil out of this man, it didn't hurt him at all. It helped this man. It only hurt the devil. And I'm here to tell you, friend, you can leave the way that you came if you want to. That's what the devil wants you to do. That's what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to leave the exact same way that you come in here. But I'm here to tell you, all he's doing is hurting you. He is doing to you what he is telling you that Jesus is going to do to you. It's because he's a liar and he's a deceiver. Rebellion to the authority of the Word of God, that is an identifying mark of somebody that is under control of something that's not the Holy Spirit but it's an unclean spirit. And so, when the devil brings a man to church, I tell you, they're uncomfortable with the spiritual. They're unconformable to the Scriptures. They just want to be left alone. But then let me say this, and I'm done. I'm going to give you, that was two negatives. I'm going to give you a positive one. Not only are they uncomfortable with the spiritual and unconformable to the Scripture, But I do want to say this. They are not unchangeable by the Savior. Aren't you glad Jesus can take the worst case? That's what's really been on my heart here lately. I know I've been preaching that a lot probably, but there's nothing too hard for God. And everybody else is frightened. Everybody else is scared. Everybody else is running away. Everybody else is wide-eyed. What in the world is going on? And Jesus steps up right in the middle and He does a work of mercy and grace and help in this man's life. And that yes, the devil has great power to persuade and he's got power to deceive and he has power to control. But I'm here to tell you, friend, the devil has some power, but he does not have all power. Jesus has all power. Jesus had power over this unclean spirit that was in this man's life. There's nobody too far gone for Jesus to absolutely change their life. Let me tell you something about this man named Jesus. Oh, man. Let me tell you something about Jesus. (laughs) You see, if you'll back up just a few verses, same chapter, verse number 9, the devil tried to bring Jesus to church. How about that? Oh, yeah. The devil thought he could take Jesus to church. You see that in verse 9? And he brought him to Jerusalem. This is Jesus being tempted. And set him on a pinnacle of the what? Of the temple. <laughs> the devil brought Jesus to church. Okay, I got good news for you. I'm not going to get into all this right here, but it didn't work. <laughs> the devil brought Jesus to church, but it didn't work. 
He lifted them up high in the temple and acted like, Jesus, you're above the Word. You don't have to, you don't have to live according to God's Word and live in a, live according to your Father's will. You're way up here over the Word. He tried to get them to sit high and go real low. And that's what the devil tries to do. Cast yourself off of this temple right here. Listen, it'll be alright. Live any way you want to live. Do whatever you want to do. God, your Father, He'll just take care of you. Here's a verse that we can take out of context and add some words to it and so that'll justify uh, any way you want to live. By the way, that's what the devil will try to get you to do. When he takes you to church, he wants you to live any way that you want to live and find Scripture to justify it. The sad thing is, you'll, fi you'll find a preacher, you can find a church that'll preach the devil's interpretation of verses. If you want to find a verse to live however you want to live, you can find one. And the devil, he'll give you one. And that was the whole situation. Cast yourself down. Just jump. Just jump. It'll be all right. God will take care of you. Just live however you want to do. Do whatever you want to do. But I'm here to tell you, friend, it did not work. Satan could not touch Jesus. Jesus had an answer. Jesus had a response. Jesus had something every time the devil came around. And I'm just here to tell you that wilderness temptation proves to me that Jesus is greater than our enemy, the devil. He cannot touch him. He has nothing on him. And can I tell you when the, when the devil's taking you to church I want you to think about the one who the devil already tried to take to church and it didn't work for him. And you can follow him. You can trust him. You can go to him and he will deliver you. Amen. He knows right where you're at. He knows what it's like for the devil to take him to church. <laughs> There's one who's fought the enemy and has defeated him. There's one that can deliver you from this enemy today. Miss Maddie's coming into the piano. I'm done preaching this morning, but I want you to know this. Just because the devil brought you don't mean he's got to take you home. Because <laughs> I'm going to tell you something about this man. It looks like to me he came with the devil, but he left with Jesus. Now, <laughs> I don't know who brought you to church today. But I know who you can have take you home. Listen, I don't know when you got saved. I don't know how, why you... I know some people got saved. They didn't, come, they didn't come to church to hear from God. They were chasing some girl. They were chasing some boy. Trying to get somebody off their back. Trying to impress somebody. Trying to look good. Trying to play the part. Uh, trying to fit in. Uh, trying to find something. And the devil brought them to church. But just because the devil brings you don't mean he's got to be the one that takes you home. How many of you remember when the devil brought you but you left with Jesus, amen, and he changed your life and he saved your soul, amen. And I'm glad he is the one just because he brought you. That doesn't mean you're unchanged. That doesn't mean uh, God can't move in your heart. That doesn't mean God can't work in your situation. Amen. Amen. You don't have to dance with the one that brung you. Amen. You don't have to. That's a lie. You don't have to stick with the one that brought you. Amen. And you can change partners. Amen. Hey, you can switch fountains. You can change doctors. Uh, you can change uh, advocates. Uh, you can switch. Amen. Through the power of the Holy Ghost of God. I'm glad there's deliverance. I'm glad if any man be in Christ, uh, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm glad for the day that he made a change in my life. It's not, an, it's not 
got an unholy spirit uh, controlling me anymore. I'm glad it's the Holy Ghost uh, living on the inside. I'm glad uh, this temple has changed. Uh, masters, uh, it's changed residents. Amen. Man, I'm glad I'm saved this morning. Woo! Man, I'm glad I'm born again. Man, God's doing a work in my heart this morning just thinking about the fact that this old uh, tavern isn't a tavern anymore. Amen. It's a temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad He is living on the inside of me now and He's controlling. He didn't come just to be resident. He come to be president. Amen. He wants to run your life and He wants to control you and I'm so thankful that He is. Amen. Man, I feel good this morning. Man, that's so good. Not the preaching. I'm just mean like just the, man, just the truth of that all. Man, that's so good. That's so good that I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Thank God. Whew, I'm thankful. Thankful this morning that the devil might have brought me, but I'm glad Jesus took me home. Amen. Amen.